to The Fulfilled Accountant, the podcast that teaches you how to actually enjoy your work as an accounting or finance professional and have a life. Learn the tools to live with less stress and feel fulfilled, happy, and valuable while also creating the success you desire in your career. If you're finished playing the game by outdated rules, you're in the right place. I'm your host, former accountant and multi-passionate entrepreneur turned life coach, Sarah Nemechek. You face a lot of obstacles as a business owner. Those include financial challenges, competition, the economy, marketing, sales, managing, wearing all the hats at the same time, doing things that you don't like, delegating. The list could go on and on. But do you know what your number one obstacle is? The obstacle where every single problem in your business becomes much smaller and more solvable when you address it? It's you. You are the number one obstacle in your business. Now, that doesn't mean you're actually a problem of any sort. It doesn't mean you're bad or dumb as a person. And it doesn't mean that you should give up. It also doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong, that you need to learn more, fix things, or wait longer for your success. What it does mean is that you can take every single result that you have right now and figure out how you created it. And then you can take every goal you want to achieve and focus on how you can create it. And this is great news because it means that all the control and power for making your business grow and succeed rests with you, not with the economy, your clients, your bank account, your employees, or even with your mom. You can take responsibility for every single result and open up a whole new approach to solving problems to getting creative and finding solutions that aren't available to you when you don't see yourself as the obstacle, when you're thinking it's something outside of you. You are not at the mercy of any circumstance anymore. You don't have to wait for any particular thing to happen or change. Even if it seems logical or factual to blame something or someone else, when you change the lens to look for your role in creating your results, you get so much more creative. It's so powerful. So how does this actually look in your day-to-day? Let's start with where you are. I'm going to assume you want some kind of change or growth because you're here listening to this podcast, which is all about creating a business you love, making money with it, and living a life you actually like. So here are three things you can do right now to focus on being the solution in your business instead of staying stuck resisting your role in the problems of the business or outsourcing the blame to external influences. First, be aware of the sentences that run through your head on repeat most of the time while you're working on your business. Do any of these sound familiar to you? I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. No one cares what I'm doing or saying anyway. Why bother? This shouldn't be happening this way. It's not working. It shouldn't be this hard. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not doing enough. My message isn't clear. My marketing isn't working. My employee just isn't pulling her weight. There's something wrong with me inherently. Two, the second thing you need to focus on here. Notice how you feel and what you do when you're thinking those kinds of sentences. What emotions come up? Probably things like defeated, inadequate, 
confused, frustrated, trapped, resistant. And then think about the actions that you take when you're thinking and feeling this way. Are you getting out there, taking risks, being creative, trying new things, telling the world about your business, making offers, closing sales, loving on your clients and having fun? Probably not. What you're probably doing is more like hiding, toning down your content or offers, scrolling social media, taking time off, snacking, procrastinating, phoning a friend for opinions, crowdsourcing answers, researching some more rewriting things for the 10th time, hoping things will work out and waiting for some day when it will be easier or more successful. When you're aware of how your thoughts and feelings are impacting your action, you can see exactly how you are the obstacle in so many places in your business. How you feel or how you think you will feel when you do something or get a result that you want is actually what fuels your actions. So pay attention to the way you feel as you go through your work throughout the day. How do you feel before and after work? Maybe that's more telling for you. Do you feel dread, heavy, overwhelmed, panic? And when you're feeling those things, what do you fall back on? What do you wish you could do? What do you fantasize about? Things like calling in sick, watching Netflix, drinking a cocktail, or grabbing a sweet treat. On the flip side, If you knew your business was going to create the result you want without taking all of your time, energy, and health, how would you feel about the work ahead of you? This awareness helps you see how critical your mindset is as you take actions. Actions are great, and they are totally necessary. But even if you're taking the right actions, if you don't believe in or trust the actions, you won't get the results you want. This is why you often start overworking and spinning out when things are not going how you want. You're essentially trying to outwork the symptom instead of finding and solving the actual problem. The third thing you can do is to apply what you learned about yourself and your patterns of habitual thinking, feeling, and acting to identify and choose your path to change. Using this process removes the drama and the judgment from your evaluation of where you are versus where you want to be. You can decide not to judge, blame, or shame yourself for the way you are approaching your business or how you're doing it right now. Instead, you can decide to observe compassionately, evaluate, and commit to changing the patterns and habits that you start to notice are keeping your business from performing how you want. Acknowledging yourself as the number one obstacle can help you ask better questions when you evaluate the results. And if you aren't resistant to seeing yourself as an obstacle, it's much easier to make the jump to also seeing yourself as the number one solution, because you are. Simply letting go, undoing, reworking, tweaking, or changing the things that you notice you've been thinking and doing that aren't creating what you want can move you closer to what you do want. It doesn't have to be a big, long, overcomplicated process. So let's look at this process that we just discussed, these three steps of acknowledging you as both the problem and solution in practical application. First, let's say you have a potential client say no on a sales call. Instead of saying that the client just didn't get it or wasn't the right fit or maybe they were an idiot or couldn't afford your service, 
What if you looked inward? What if you asked questions like, how did you not actually explain your offer clearly? How did you not explain the solution that you offered? How did you not explain the value? Or maybe there's something else missing. How did you not establish trust or rapport with the potential client? When you can ask these kinds of questions, focusing on you as the obstacle without that judgment and shame, it's giving you the opportunity to learn from the call and apply it to all of your future sales efforts. You can use it in your marketing. You can even use it in serving your existing clients or whatever future clients. But if you're blaming other circumstances, even if you're certain they're true, that just shuts you off from learning and growing from any experience. Another example that has really helped my clients is in your relationship with your employees or your contractors or however you structure your team. Think about your own frustrations with people on your team. Maybe they don't perform the work as fast or as accurate as you want. Maybe they don't follow the standards that you have in your mind. Perhaps you don't give them enough work to actually take a load off of you because they don't seem to be able to handle it the way you want. So you just stay frustrated with them and you're overworked and overwhelmed. Or worse, you haven't even hired someone yet because you just don't think it'll work because you want so much more than what a person is actually able or willing to do in your location, industry, or price range. Yes, this stuff comes up all the time when I'm coaching with my clients. So here's the flip. What if the team member or potential hire isn't actually the problem at all? I'm not saying that they aren't a problem factually, but you will find a much better solution if you start by asking how you created the problem instead of why can't they just be better or do better, whatever. So where did you not make it clear what you wanted? These are some questions you can ask. Where did you not explain the process? Where did you hope they would read your mind? Where did you decide in advance that it wouldn't work or that they wouldn't want the job? Were you clear in your own mind about what you even wanted before you started trying to hire someone or train someone? What were you thinking and feeling as you interacted with your team in the situations where you experienced frustration? Get really specific. Were you feeling frustrated? overwhelmed, exasperated, angry? Or did you approach solving the problem from curiosity? Did you feel certain that a solution existed and you could find it? These are really useful questions because it totally changes the way you're seeing this, right? Were you honest with yourself and your team about expectations up front and throughout the interactions? Did you actually say words out loud to your team Or did you just hope they would figure it out? And how many times did you say the words? Isn't it fascinating how different and more expansive the options available to you are when you shift the way you ask questions to find the answers? So many more solutions appear. So now that you've seen more clearly the way that you've created what you have right now, and you know some ways to ask questions differently, you have the ability to identify and pursue what it is you want to create next. Whether you just want to make some shifts or you want to totally start something new, it's all there and ready for you. Everything starts in your brain with the way you think. And then the emotions that you feel in response to those sentences that you're thinking. And then the actions that you take fueled by those emotions. So keep asking questions. 
Ask them from curiosity and certainty that you can create what you want. The certainty carries you through the experimentation that's inevitable as you grow your business. The curiosity keeps you in an expansive, creative, open mindset. I would love to hear what you took away from this episode. What aha moments you've had in listening and applying this? What has shifted? Have you been able to take your focus from like, I'm stuck and this problem is never going to be able to solve and I'm screwed to, oh, I have all the solutions available to me. Isn't it amazing how much just shifting your focus from your problems of your problem solving from the circumstances around you to you opens up so much. I would love to hear more about your own experience with this. So reach out, send me a message on Instagram. I'm Sarah Nemechek Coaching and um, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemachek.com.